The reproduction of this content is not allowed without the express written consent of EBH Fitness LLC. Dr. Cedric Urban III, and I'm taking it to the house. And I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I'm taking it to the house. First, we just want to say welcome. We thank you for joining us for another edition of Taking It to the House. Sports is what we do, it's what we talk about. So pull up a chair, make yourself right at home. Vic, Vic, man, we got to start off in the college ranks. Talk about what happened in Oregon. The Buffs with the Oregon. They did the Oregon Trail and got stumped, man. It wasn't pretty. Unless there's somewhere else you want to go. But, man, that's the first thing that I, I just want to get off the top. Where you at? Bro, we talk about Oregon Trail and them Buffs. Look, someone at their Oregon finish that, they're walking around with deep, deep, you know, fur. They got they got buffaloes all sprout over uh, above their fireplace. Jokers have like fur pants walking around coats. Look, buffalo tastes good because the Oregon Duck got a hold of it last weekend. Hey, and what I do like about Dion, Coach Prime, excuse me, is that he took that butt whipping like a pro. At the end of that press conference, people probably wanted to hear him make excuses. He said, y'all saw what I saw. We played like a bunch of hot garbage. So I enjoyed at least him owning that. But I tell you what, the Pac-12 is the conference of champions for a reason. We're not talking about TCU. And we're not talking about a Nebraska who hasn't been themselves since the late 80s. We're talking about some real killers in the rest of this Pac-12. And what Dion, Coach Prime, and the Buffs were able to do these first three weeks were remarkable. But this is when they say, Welcome to the league, because if what Oregon did is any indication what USC and what Utah can do, hey, it can be a long season. But I will say overall, Coach Prime had a successful season because what he's been able to do, he already tripled the wins from last year. He poured a significant amount of money into the city of Buffalo and they are the team everyone's talking about. So at the end of the day, he still had successful. But man, how long could you watch that game? Or did you keep on watching, like watching the car crash and the car wreck? Well, I kept watching it because uh, I wanted to see if there was any fight, whether it's from his son, Shadur, at quarterback, or anybody was going to be a playmaker. It's because you can tell a lot about a team in adversity when you're losing, when you're getting your the the – your, your butt whooped, honestly, brain was split open, you say, to the white meat. So um, 
There was no quit in Shador, but body language says a whole lot. It's hard to play when you're, you're, you're down by that much. Here's what I'm wondering, somewhat amazed about. How was the Buffalo, how were the Colorado Buffaloes even ranked? Didn't they see what we saw? It was all hype. It was smoke and mirrors. They still didn't have a necessarily a running game. They were civ on defense. Who is TCU? Who's Nebraska? Who's Colorado State? That's nobody to be ranked when you weren't ranked in the beginning of the season. You beat those three teams, and now you're going to get ranked. And then now you're out of the rankings because you get beat by Oregon. That doesn't make any sense. So whoever's on that panel to start ranking the Buffaloes, you're wrong for that. Uh, uh, maybe you're sipping more than just prime juice because we're bought in. I don't know what you're drinking over there. Matter of fact, pass it this way. Pass the duchy on the left-hand side. Having said all that, if the season were to end, and it's not, uh, Dion has done his. You know, he brought attention to the school. He's got these guys believing in themselves, and they're playing good ball. But like you said, welcome to the league. This is not Jackson State. This is not an HBCU. This is the bigs. It really is the bigs. You got bigger, faster folk. And I'm not trying to put down the HBCUs. I'm not trying to do that at all. It's just a difference, okay? The speed and the agility and the talent level is greater now. And it's a measuring stick to me. It tells me about Buffalo. And it also tells you a little bit about Oregon, but Oregon had everything to lose and nothing to gain in that game. And they came out, Coach Lanning had his team lit, ready to go. They were ready to slap their own mama. You hear me? Ready to slap somebody, anybody, everybody, they were ready to play. It just so happened it was Dion. And we sort of talked about it last week. There, they got a target on them. And, and Coach Lanning, he was saying, no, we don't, we're not out here for clickbaits. We're out here because of what we're going to do on the field. And they did it. They produced. So uh, I don't even know if you say congratulations to Oregon. It was just the uh, Colorado, the Buffaloes. And Colorado's got to go up against USC. Thank goodness it's at home. And USC, uh, and you can talk more about this, they're playing down to the competition. So being on the road in Colorado, I expect Colorado to put up more points, but they shouldn't. USC should stomp them as well. I pass it to you, sir. Totally concur. I enjoy Coach Lanning. Because one, he did not add any fuel to the fire, but he's the type of coach I would not have blamed him if he did add fuel to the fire. He probably told them take it personal. In fact, we're all taking it personal. But what he did, watching his pregame speech to his team, then watching what he said at halftime, and then watching what he said at the end of the game, I mean, he, he, he is he. And, and what he was able to do in rallying his boys, I mean, they, Bo Nixon, see, uh, the problem with people not watching a lot of Pac-12 ball, they fail to realize we got some athletes out there. And Bo Nixon came from the SEC, and he had his journey across the NCAA, thank goodness to the portal, but he found a home in, in Oregon. But you spoke about the level of talent and that talent disparity. To, to watch what the Buffs had played against the last three weeks, to see what they did against this team. You, to, like, like you said, you talk about what five-star recruits. 
You're talking about first-round draft picks on Oregon's team. You could see the speed difference, the size difference, the tenacity, the intensity, the hitting. And I'm sure Coach Prime is one of those that would say, that's what we aspire to be. You see how they ran us out the gym? You see how they ran us off the field? That's what we will be in a few years. We're not there yet, fellas. So while you may have enjoyed these three wins against TCU, Nebraska, and Colorado State, that ain't nothing. This right. is how we really fare. And I, I'm with you. How great is it to be able to be have so much preseason hype that whoever the ranking makers are, I just made that word up, the rankings maker. <laughs> that Buffalo, who was a 1-11 team last year, has a shot in being a top 25. But that's the power of Coach Prime. That's yes. the power you get game day and you get national attention on a on a institution that has not been relevant in almost 30 years. That is that is the vibe, that is the power he has given college football and then his city in particular. Yes. To, the fact, to the fact they said we haven't even seen a game yet. They see one game against TCU and they rank them. Well, we already know TCU shouldn't have been ranked. But again, not taking anything of what he has done in building that culture. All we are saying, welcome to the league. He is right. now going to get into the, the conference play, and, and his team will learn what it takes to be considered championship worthy. And the challenge is, if, if uh, Shadur goes to the pros this, this year, now uh, D, uh, Coach Prime has to find a, 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 a successor. But what ride it has been these first three weeks and I am excited to see the next few. Now, you talk about USC. There's no reason. Yeah. Playing Arizona State last week. <laughs> now, after Oregon shows the country a clinic of what we're bringing, and after Utah ran a clinic and saying this is what we're bringing, how does USC, who has a Heisman hopeful, look like they're struggling to win games? I don't want to win by two touchdowns. Yeah. And that was not even a real blowout two touchdown. You know, there's some games where you know that you won by two touchdowns, like you really dominated. That was not that type of game. It was a nail-biting two touchdown. There's no reason. No reason. And so I will be very surprised. I'll be very surprised if USC makes a blowout. And, and that's the litmus test. USC should look at what Oregon has done and say, okay, they're number eight. We're number five. We need to make this game a lot. The, the disparity should be, again, no question. The challenge is USC has no defense, has no defense. Yeah. And we can ask that same ranking yeah, official. That's two years. That rank. Yeah. It's, it's why is USC uh, higher ranking than Oregon? And if, and if USC going against the same competition Oregon had last week cannot do the same damage, if not more, with the highs and hopeful, then USC is not ready again this year either. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll be tuned in. I'll be tuned in because I'm, again, I'm a prime fan. I love what he's done. What, as you say, turn the culture. He's got national media people all over just talking about a, 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 an institution that was not talked about, like you said, for 30 years or more. But I'm, I'm, I'm tuning in. I don't watch college football, but I'm tuning in to college football just to see what he can do, what he's done so far. Uh, salute you so far, uh, Coach Prime.
but I get it. You, you wanna, you don't wanna run the score up. You don't wanna show teams up. But at the same time, as coaches, we have a, a responsibility to make sure that our student athletes get the best opportunity to showcase themselves for the next level. Right, and I mean that—that's part of the leadership. Uh, that's part of the leadership for the programs, whether it's football, basketball, track and field. That comes with it, and so that's the delicate uh, dance and balance that each coach has to do. And it's not throwing rocks at any coach uh, or coaches in particular across the city. Um, we're, we're talking most of the parents so that you understand that, uh, sure, there is a balancing act, and it's a very careful balancing act because uh, at the end of the day, once those kids leave your school and head off to the college to either play or not play or whatever case may be, you want them to leave with a great experience from your program. And if they leave... Man, we got to get to the NFL, brother. Okay, I don't even know where to start because we got Tecmo Bowl in Miami where they throwing up 70 points. Uh, we got the Cowboys going against a team that is tanking for Caleb Williams and they played like Miami or they played like Super Bowl winners. I, I don't know what the Cowboys are thinking. And then we got Houston. How did the Houston, they have a brand new coach go up against the Jags. The Jags want to be that team. They should be coming on the up and up right now. That's the Jags with your boy Trevor Lawrence as quarterback. They take it on the chin to Houston. So, man, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Last week, last week, you were talking about, man, you can't stand them Cowboy fans. You can't stand them. So I'm going to put it on the tee right there just for you. My co-host, have at it. Oh, Daddy, can I <laughs> Oh, please? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. How about them boys? Yo. Yo. See, see, all that glitters is not gold. I'm not, look, I again, I am just a football fan, but come on, man. Look, come on. all the hype, all the hype, I understand about the defense stuff. And as I speak to many Cowboy fans, I've always wondered, what, where, where is their biggest concern? And many of them say, not their defense, is Dak. And I'm saying, Dak, I thought he was, I thought he was that guy. But... When you pay that man that money and you only want to get 16 points, maybe 20 points, when your defense shuts down the other team the whole second half. So defense can say, guess what? We underestimated the Arizona Cardinals. We thought this was an old school NFC East matchup. And instead of, you know, these Arizona Cardinals, there's St. Louis Cardinals with Stump Mitchell or Carson Palmer, Matt Line, a, a team worth reckoning and fearing. And they forgot who they were. And so they allowed Arizona to put up some serious points the first half. But that's why they play the game. They have halftime adjustments. The defense shuts them down. The defense shuts them down and only gets what? Six points second half. So you mean to tell me a team that is really trying to lose. They're trying to get the first round pick. They're trying. They're working on their third string court. They, 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 they released their backup quarterback. Who knows the system? Which was McCoy behind Murray. They yeah. got a whole new coach. Yeah. They can't. They can't give the game away. You can't even help them lose the game. And how Dak, who is now a 
I mean, hey, he's in the league now 10 years. You are who you are. And to get this much money and not take your team on the road after the show that y'all showed the last few weeks and not come back with a victory, that's a shame, man. That's a shame. And so I will not be surprised uh, if there's talks before the end of the year. It's these kind of games where people say, are you guys just good enough to get there but not good enough to win? Because there's teams out there in the NFC who's ready like San Francisco and the Philadelphia Eagles. You can see the talent disparity again between them and what the Cowboys do. And for the Cowboys had a great defense with Micah Parsons and to waste the and waste his talent like that, that's a that's a hot mess, man. That's a shame. I think the Cowboys and it's not giving them a pass, but it was a significant blow to the defense and to the psyche of the team when you lose your 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 all pro uh cornerback, you know, shut down cornerback and digs to an ACL tear, uh, which I have a question for you for later. Uh, it, sod or turf, you know, how do we want to do this? Because there's so many injuries coming up left and right, seemingly at a high rate. Mm. But, uh, but, but digs, it happened early in the week, early enough in the week, does one person, does one player, even of his caliber, make that big of a difference? Mm. And I, I, I go back and forth with that, but you still have Dak, you have Micah, you have all pros at every other level. You really offensively are intact. What d- happened? What happened? Well, in my humble opinion, what happened is you took Arizona too light, okay? You're not that team where you can just uh, kind of mail it in and just do it on because you showed up and signed your name and you go want to get an A, you can't do that. It's yeah. not that kind of a test. This is where you got to play because people are playing for checks out there. People are playing for their livelihood. Even though it's Arizona Cardinals, Cowboy man, Cowboy fans, Cowboys, you got embarrassed. And that should not happen. You should not take any week off regardless of the opponent's record. So to me, and that's the leadership. That's leadership. You need, as you said, you had time at halftime to make some adjustments, but you didn't. How about even before then? Come on, don't play down. We're talking about this, this to, to USC. Do not play down to the competition. Matter of fact, don't even play and looking at the scoreboard. It's all about execution on every play. And so when I want to give Dallas that look, I want to give them that nod. I want to give them that praise. They do something like this. You piss in the bed. And I'm, I'm ashamed for you. I want to support you, Dak. I was the one to say, pay him, Jerry Jones, pay him. But maybe you overpaid for him because he's not producing. Concurred. If you're an elite team, championship caliber team, you're not playing against the other team. You're playing against yourself. Make it a golf match. You play against yourself. How do I excel a lot greater than I did last week? Every play I'm playing against myself because I'm that great that I know there's not another team in this league that can compete with me. The only other person, the only other team that's great enough is me. And so that's who you play against. That, That was embarrassing. Yes. And so for them to get to that level, and they now get the national hype that's so deserved. 
But it goes back to almost like the Buffalo. What have y'all done? Right. What get deep enough in the playoffs for us to even consider you to be a, a Super Bowl team? Again, there's some bullies in the NFC that says, come on, we got something for you called San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. There's I I will not I will not uh, uh pick against them too when it comes down to Dallas. You can just see it. Yes. And this year again, it's so important for Dallas because Mike McCarthy said, I'm betting on self. The issue last year was not Dak. The issue was the offensive coordinator. So I will call the plays. I will take the heat. And my seasoned franchise quarterback will be the one to take us uh, take us to the show. Yeah. And he, as you stated, he peed in the bed. It's a doggone shame. It's a dog. But I tell you what, the clear favorite after three weeks in the AFC is Miami. Man, you know what? I don't know who to stop. I don't know where you're going to begin to scheme as a defensive coordinator. Bruh, 70 points. 70 points. You know what? I can't, I couldn't do it in Tecmo Bowl, but I sure tried. Bo Jackson going right, going left. It couldn't stop him in Tecmo Bowl. But but Tua, Cheetah, they they Waddle didn't even play. Mozart, what did he get it about? Three touchdowns and then a Shane, or a, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. He had a couple of touchdowns. The backup comes in. He throws a bomb for 60, 70 yards. I'm like, they couldn't be stopped. But when you have this kind of an offensive explosion, it's got to be scratching. A, a lot of uh, DCs across the league got to be scratching their heads. How do I scheme it? Well, traditionally, you say you got to cut, cut off the snake. You got to cut off the head of the snake, excuse me. But two is barely getting touched. He's getting rid of it, the ball, quickly. The offensive line is doing what they're supposed to be doing. And they got some gadget trees, trick plays, and he's a couple of his passes were, you know, the little shovel pass, and they're still scoring off of those things, and they still count as passes, but they're creative. How do you stop that beast? 70 points in an NFL game. The reason why that's so big, they said it haven't happened since 1966. 70 points, man. And it's not like they were just running up the score. I mean, it was the eight possessions in a row. You score the ball. You score every time they touch the ball. And it's like, boom. I mean, oh, my goodness. And, and to see the highlights, you stated, who do you stop? What defense in the AFC is qualified enough to stop? But I tell you yeah. what, they'll get their, they will have their biggest test of the season so far because they get to play Buffalo next week. Yeah. Since when has the AFC East been so competitive and so exciting that you're waiting for a Miami Dolphins versus Buffalo Bills game? Remember, for what, two decades, AFC East belonged to New England Patriots. That's it. No yes. one else even came close. So to now to look every week almost have a competitive battle within that division. But there, it, it's it's time for Miami to show, oh, thank you, Buffalo, for holding the seat warm for the last two or three years. But we're here. We'll take that for you. I tell you what, to watch what they've done on the ground, in the oh. air. But you got to still have a strong defense to say you ain't getting no points on board. 
Yeah. So for what their defense did as well, yeah, that says a lot because I don't believe their defense has gotten a lot of credit for what they're bringing uh, to give uh, to let the offense have that rest, the offense let the defense have that rest, and for the defense right. to make stops like that. So we talked about the greatest show on turf in the in the early '90s or late '90s. This team right here, yeah, again for the first month of the season has gotten my attention. Yes. Uh, how often will you say that in the AFC when you're talking about uh, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Herbert, that the Miami Dolphins has your attention? Yes, yes, yes. Well, the flip side of that game, the Miami game, is it, it was against Denver. And I don't know if you got a chance to see any of the highlights of the game, but body language says a whole lot. There is going to be fallout. And I believe the first chip to be turned will be Russell Wilson will be benched. I don't believe Sean Payton is that guy that's going to take it like this. He, you're, you're, you're not uh, Russell. You're not Sean's guy. Clearly, you're not. You didn't grasp the 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 offense, and you had all offseason to get it together. Something's going on. And then on the Denver defensive side, you to get seventy points ran up on him. That's embarrassing. We were talking about uh, Dallas and should be embarrassed. No, Denver, to get 70 points shoved up your tailpipe. Oh, my goodness. I would have pink slips at a whole lot of lockers by the time you came back to uh, uh, Denver. It's embarrassing. I can get better from a, a high school team. So uh, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, ownership, general manager, Y'all got some head scratching going on and some decisions have to be made. A better showing than that should be expected of a professional football team. Not a professional football team. And I, I agree with you. There's going to be some furniture moving. Why would it not be? Sean Payton's reputation's at stake. Sean Payton went to bat for his quarterback, Russell Wilson, when he challenged Russell Wilson's previous coach, Nate Nathaniel Hackett, Saying, okay, who was who, there's nothing wrong with Russ? And he blamed Hackett. But I tell you what, Hackett may only had one year in the seat. He didn't lose by 70 points. And this <laughs> is first goal round. So, you know, Sean can't come too arrogant right now. Yes, you got a Super Bowl ring. Right. Guess who you had? You had Drew Brees. And right. so if you're that, if you're still the quarterback whisperer and you do have yourself a seasoned Super Bowl winning MVP quarterback coach him up if not bench his ass because yep. your reputation at stake now and yes. everyone's looking for the 0-3 Denver Broncos to come back so they can help that could be considered a slump buster uh that's the team you may want to play yeah but how embarrassing is it I I I am I am watching the ticker tape as we speak to see what the fallout is because that's not a there game that Russell Wilson gets beat yeah. like that, let alone yeah. Sean Payton by by a coach that has not been anywhere as well. Let's start, let's go back to your backyard for our last take, man. Baltimore. Uh who is Indianapolis, man, to come up to Baltimore and to make that happen? Bro, give me give me some fire. Come on with it. Indianapolis forgot they're not they're Indianapolis Colts and they felt that they were still Johnny United's and the Baltimore Colts because they came back and they owned my Ravens. My goodness. We just talked about Dak Prescott 
And and you you I am a diehard Raven fan, but at the same time, I'm respond. I want to be responsible Raven fan. I want to be responsible football fan. Hey Lamar, you asked for the money. Joe Burrow, you asked for the money. Dak, you asked for the money. Then deliver. I don't want to hear about the defense had the position. Oh, we Justin Tucker missed the kick. Got it. You're a quarterback to score touchdowns. We don't play from the 20 to 20. We paid you to make touchdowns. We don't pay you to put the field goal kicker in position to kick yeah. field goals. We pay you to score touchdowns and then make re responsible plays. I got it. Thank you, Lamar. You got me 100 yards. You you passed over 200. You did it for four and for three and a half quarters. But guess what? There is 60 minutes in that game. The last two minutes is the telltale sign. When you want to be mentioned amongst the highest paid, then also want to be mentioned amongst the GOATs, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, the Joe Montana's, the John Elway's. Because two minutes left on the clock. They about to Money time. Money time. They about to take you out. There's no reason when a backup quarterback backs out of the end zone and gives you a save to get you the ball back with two minutes left and you got the lead. Why does this game <laughs> end in overtime with you with the loss? There's no reason. No reason. We can blame coaching. I got it. But you're the quarterback, man. Yes, I'm like T.O. That's my quarterback. But that is my quarterback. <laughs> if y'all want to ask for the money, get ready to get your ass lit up. Because there's no reason. There's no reason they should have walked away with a loss to the Indianapolis Colts, who does not have their starter, does not have their main running back, Jonathan Taylor. Come on, man. Yes. They can't do no more than what they did. Yes. Defense can't do no more than what they did. They stopped them to 19 points, man. Come on, man. I, I, look, yeah. we should easily be 3-0. I'm I I we supposed to be the strongest team in the AFC North. But stuff like that really irks me, bro. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, and the little bit that I saw of the Baltimore Ravens against the uh, Indianapolis Colts uh is is lethargy. That's how I would describe their offense. It was a lethargic. Just come on. You really have um, skilled receivers. You got a skilled quarterback. You got a tight end. And the running back, it, it suffers, but you can be still be creative. I don't know if it's the new OC down there or if it's Lamar or a combination of the two. But something needs to get, get to popping down there. And, and, and I say the same thing, too. When they played the week earlier in Cincinnati, it's just not quite popping yet. There's not that that flow just yet. So um, I'm waiting for them uh, as a as a as a couple, the OC and the quarterback. Uh, I'm looking for the maturation and then the, the, the get going. Odell Beckham is not the reason why, and he's injured. He's not the reason why they're not producing. It's 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 either the play calling or it's Lamar. It's one of the two. Can it be both? Yes, it's possible. But something needs to happen offensively where it's just a little bit smoother and, and, and maybe even dynamic, and it's not dynamic enough. And he's missing some throws. I, I'm disappointed in that. He's missing some really good throws. Uh, and we saw that in Cincinnati even a week ago.
Yeah, I I agree. It's and this is the challenge when quarterbacks want to hold out. You're missing training camp. You're yeah. missing OTAs. You're missing that opportunity to learn the playbook, learn your coach, and start vibing. Uh, we recruited and drafted rookie all-star receivers. Rashad Bateman comes back after being a first-rounder, Zay Flowers. But if Lamar's not there for the summer to, to play catch and to participate in what this new OC is bringing, he's got a learning curve. And so that's the pro- – that's I am all about player empowerment, yeah. but to what level does it hurt the team? And right now, I agree. It, while we're putting up numbers, to me, it's still I'm not sold yet. I'm not yeah. sold how Lamar has adopted into this new way of movement. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you got paid big bucks, bro. So yeah. you you study, you come out and show it. And yeah. Right now, that 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 may be the theme of the day show. Uh, these quarterbacks ask for all this money. What are they doing for it? Quarterback meanwhile, play. Meanwhile, running backs are getting their legs split and their careers threatened, and they want to play, and they're giving it all they can. So let, let's let's find a way quarterbacks to represent a little bit better. Because this last week, some of y'all were heroes. Other, some of y'all were zeros. My last take here, bruh, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, uh, turf versus sod, grass. And and, uh, they said studies have been done and you get injured equally on both. And it just doesn't seem that way. Um, I know they want to use artificial grass, artificial turf or whatever, because it's easier because a lot of these venues, these uh, stadiums are used for multi-purposes and make money. And so the owners of these teams and these stadiums, they're trying to make as much money as they possibly can. And it's easier to to replace the turf than it is grass. I get that. But I tend to believe, and this is just a fan of, as as I am, that that it doesn't give and it's catching and it's going to injure somebody prematurely. Even as beautiful as it looks on a Sunday or on a Saturday when we're watching it and, 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 and for appearances sake for packaging it looks beautiful don't ownership i'm talking to now don't make me believe that you think that these players the tims of the world that want to play running back the vicks of the world who's a wide receiver or a dn don't make me believe that i'm replaceable i don't want to believe that i don't want to believe that i'm going to be injured yeah i make make a cool million that's cool i'm uh, maybe in, in a career of 40 to 50 million, you know, or more. But how about player safety? When does that begin? And so that's all I'm bringing up is player safety. It also begins with the ownership, not looking at the bottom line or the dollar amount, but looking at their safety of their players and the, and the turf that they're using or the playing field that they're using. And that's me and I'm taking it to the house. Thank you again. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, the switching for me, my last take, on behalf of all the daughters out there, happy National Daughters Day. Look, to my special someone, my Miss Aladrian, Simone Herbin, my princess, I call her Lady, but my nickname for her is Mama. 
that's my girl. And I want to say, Daddy loves you. Happy Daughter's Day. Uh, you are special. You are my heart. You are my light. You are my life. You are my love. And it's been a pleasure watching you grow these 15 and a half years into a wonderful woman that you are. And I cannot wait to see what God has in store for you for these next 30 to 40, 50, 60 years that I have left on this earth. And to all the young women out there and all the older women out there, uh, to your uh to your mothers and to your fathers, uh, go ahead and thank them for that National Daddy Daughters Day, National Daughters Day, and give them a special love. And again, this is Stephen Urban III, the doctor in organization leadership, saying, take it to the <laughs> house. We out. Enjoy it. We've enjoyed you. See y'all next week. <laughs>